We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our NFC breakdown for the NFL playoffs for who you want to have on your rosters in those basketball contests or in those set it and forget it style contests as well like there will be over at the FFPC and their playoff contest. Sean, the playoffs are underway starting this week. An exciting, exciting time of the season. 14 teams remain. Who will win the Vince Lombardi Trophy in four or so weeks time or away from this? We're going to talk about which NFC teams today may do that. We will have our AFC preview as well. If you're drafting over at Underdog Fantasy or playing over at the FFPC, for example, lots of information coming up today as to which players you want to target to have on those submitted lineups. The FFPC's world-famous playoff challenge is back for its 24th season. Two great contests, same awesome format. No draft, no salary, just choose 12 players and watch them ride through the playoffs. The one caveat is... You can only have one player from each team. The $200 entry has a record prize of $500,000 to first this year. And the $35 contest has a $100,000 jackpot. Registration is open through Saturday, January 13th at 4.30 p.m. That is the kickoff of the wildcard games. But the pool is filling fast. Head on over to myffpc.com and join today. Set those lineups. You will not regret joining these contests. Fun every single season, Sean. Playoffs are here. What are you thinking as we get ready to dive into the NFC, which I think is more set in stone, in my opinion, as to how it's going to advance. I always like to see how we maybe differ or disagree on our picks and our opinions as to what's going to happen. I think the NFC is much more kind of a closed book than the AFC being a little bit more of a potential free-for-all as to who advances over there. What's your early thoughts here on the NFC before we dive in deep? Well, Colin, I'm going to come at it from the other direction. I think that the NFC projects to be a lot of fun with the six and seven seeds now really roaring. You have the Los Angeles Rams, who look like they may be one of the very best teams in the playoffs. They are going to strike out against a... Detroit Lions squad that has been very, very good at home, but is now missing Sam Laporta in all likelihood after the Lions make 
the uh, difficult decision. I mean, there are always going to be trade-offs when you're talking about playing your guys in week 18. But that game right there becomes not a toss-up, but certainly a game where you could easily see the Rams come through. I was rooting really hard for the 49ers in this uh, sort of weird week 18 game where neither team is playing you know, really any of their key guys. The Rams are able to come through toward the end of that game. And as a result, they have the sixth seed. Your Green Bay Packers, though, I don't know that it's definitive that the Rams are the tougher opponent when you look at what's happened in the recent past. Obviously, the Rams have been a team that's rising, but the Packers also a team that column is rising. Now, we know that your Green Bay Packers are a much easier matchup on defense that potentially allows CeeDee Lamb and company to go off in a huge way. We know that the Dallas Cowboys also have huge home road splits, and so this game does really project out to be not even necessarily an easy win, but a shootout that the Cowboys probably get out ahead of and control. And yet what we have witnessed from the Packers over the last month is that they can win these shootouts. They have so many different weapons they can go to. Jaden Reed has been a revelation. Tucker Craft has been a revelation. But then, you know, you have the game yesterday where it's Dontavian Wicks, Bo Melton, someone who is emerging. You think about it from the Lions perspective, and especially without Laporta, I mean, they're going to have a difficult matchup either way in this game. And then, Colin, we get to the 4-5 matchup with the Buccaneers and Eagles. And you have a situation where the Buccaneers, like some other teams, and certainly the Buccaneers came out of this much better than the Jacksonville Jaguars, who actually lose over on the AFC side and end up out of the playoffs. But to win 9-0 against the Panthers in this win and end situation for them, that's not going to fill you with a lot of confidence in where they are, even though this is another team that, generally speaking, has been rising, although their performance over the last two weeks getting hammered by the Saints, struggling against the Panthers, maybe not as dynamic. But they're going to get to square off with a Philadelphia Eagles team that's an absolute free fall that opens up a lot of different things in terms of how we might play this contest. So, column 14 teams in the playoffs. For the FFPC contest here, we're going to choose 12 players. Break down for us how this works, where these players need to come from, how do you need to fill out the starting positions to get to your 12-man lineup. Yeah, so it's uh, obviously tight end premium is one element to it, playing over at the FFPC, four points per pass and touchdown. But Sean, when we look through the actual possession requirements, because a lot of the listeners will probably have played over at the FFPC in previous times, it's one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, four flexes, one kicker, and one defense. So the flex can be running back, wide receiver, tight end as per normal. So basically, Sean, it's the same, you know, starting requirements up to the flex point as you would have in, let's say, the regular formats over at the FFPC. But then you you add in the four flexes rather than the the two flexes there so lots of options that gets you to the the 12 players and as i mentioned earlier you can pick any 12 players there's no draft for this you set your lineup you'll want to try and you know if you go for the most popular player on every single team that's going to lead to a situation where you're going to have a potentially duped lineup at the end of it but when you're looking through the scenarios because it isn't a case that you're going to be able to pair players with players you can't have you know 
CD Lamb and Dak Prescott, for example, this year would have to be one or the other. So that opens up a wide variety of teams. When you spread that out to 12 players, there's a lot of uh, different permutations, Sean, as to how the final rosters will will line up. So I'm I'm always excited to to break into it. And as we go through into later in the week, we might look in potentially into you know ownership and things like that as to who will be most rostered. But I think we'll all have a pretty good idea as to how things shake out. The one thing I would say is when you're looking at some of this, you know, when you're trying to think of the 11th and 12th player that you might have on the roster, you don't need to get, you know, extremely, you know, galaxy brain as to who those players are going to be. Once you go to the wide receiver two or the wide receiver three on a, a team, you become very differentiated um, from the rest of the team. So don't try and overthink it from that perspective. And then what you're trying to do is basically backfill it that you know the kicker you don't want the kicker in the defense and the super bowl in general now this season with how the cowboys defense has played for example in some games that may be beneficial but you're trying to you know work it out as to which players are going to drop off this weekend and the wild card who's going to drop off the following weekend and so on but it's an accumulative total points it is in the case that like an underdog that you have to advance this week to advance to the next week it's the the total points all the way through the super bowl and then the final step is whoever makes it to the Super Bowl, those points count as double in your lineup. So if it was a tight end, for example, it would be three points per reception for them and then adding up the other points. So double all points in that particular matchup. Sean, anything I missed out there that we need to cover just in terms of the overall scoring that is different to regular FFPC lineups? I think that's a great breakdown. When we think about some very general guidelines, and Hassan Rahim has an article up on the site talking about some of the key decisions people will have to make as they work through setting their lineups for this contest. But the two teams that you leave off of your roster, obviously those will oh, be that's teams another point, yeah. that you project to lose in the first round. The teams that you pick the kicker and defense from, those are going to be teams that you project to lose in the first round. And then when you also consider some of the maybe craziest picks that you make, if you do go out on a limb and pick a lower player in order to diversify your team or to differentiate your team from a lot of the other lineups, you would prefer that team to also go out because it's going to be a lot easier for a player who has a lower overall projected total to hit and outscore the players on his team. So it's really a matter of outscoring your own teammates because you can only have the individual player from that team. It's going to be easier to do that in one week than in two, three, etc. Now, there are going to be some exceptions to that. There are going to be some additional things that we look at, but those are some of the easiest guidelines to consider as you're starting to put this together. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And Colin, what we get to very quickly is that we want to understand the various scenarios that could play out. We want to have at least a mild thesis for how each conference will work. So that's the idea of these breakdowns that we're going to do over the next couple of days, starting with the NFC. And Colin, the number one seed in the NFC has very good odds to make the Super Bowl, in part because obviously they have a bye, but also because they are the best team on the NFC side. In some ways, people might think that goes without saying, but there are instances where a team that hasn't been as powerful overall, maybe isn't winning by as large a margins or isn't winning against as strong a schedule, will win the number one seed and not be necessarily the best team. That would give you a little more incentive to pick some of the other players, especially as you're potentially going to get them in more games. So that's something to consider as we look at the 49ers. But Colm, are you confident in the 49ers being this heavy, heavy favorite? And then which players should we consider for the 49ers? One of the fun things about having this powerhouse of an NFC favorite is that obviously they do have a lot of fantasy options. Yeah, a huge amount of fantasy options for the, the 49ers, obviously. And when you look at it, again, as I mentioned, I wouldn't be diving too deep into it. Uh, hopefully Christian McCaffrey is back and as close to 100% as he can be after his most recent injury when it comes post by for them. But you have him, you have Brock Purdy, Brant Nayuk, um, Debo Samuel, and then you're having George Kittle. And that's probably, you know, I'm probably not diving any deeper into the the player pool than that. Um, when I was saying about trying to, to differentiate, you can obviously do that if you want, but that will be my advice. But the part of it, Sean, that you also mentioned is, do I feel like they should be the favorite? When I mentioned, you know, the open and closed book for the 49ers as we, you know, move forward here, the book that I mentioned was closed is the, the 49ers side of it. So the NFC, I feel like it's going to be really tough for a team to go to San Francisco and eliminate the 49ers. So that includes... Like even if my Packers were to spring the upset this week, they would then go to face the 49ers, which is a, a really, really tough matchup. We've seen teams like Dallas have some struggles either on the road or outdoors or against teams of that quality. I think it's going to be hard for them to go there and beat them. And when we look through the entire side for the NFC, I, I just feel like they are the team out of both sides of both conferences that I am most confident if I had to say this is the team that is in the Super Bowl. I, I feel like the 49ers are built in such a way that they can win in a multitude of ways. It's very hard to completely game plan for every single scenario from them. Uh, and I think both offensively and defensively are very strong. And we're seeing teams throughout the division then that are having either upswings or downswings, downswings being obviously the, the Philadelphia Eagles, for example. So I think it's going to be tough for a team to go in and, and upset them in there. So they are the team I think is advancing from the nfc through to the super bowl so the players then that we mentioned i think they're they're very clear cut as the reasons why you would want to have them in there and when you're looking at a team that will have the you know divisional round the championship round the super bowl you're getting three games off this particular player if they were to make it to the super bowl and then you're getting double points in the super bowl as popular as he is going to be it's going to be very hard to differentiate a prime player who you know is going to get the work in every single game from 
Christian McCaffrey. I, I think the upside with him is is just too high to to pass up, and I think you can look to differentiate in other ways. I have two questions to bounce back to you, and that is. Am I too bullish on the the 49ers? And then the second part is is there a player rather than Christian McCaffrey that that you would rather have on that lineup? And then the question that we're going to jump into after that is if not the 49ers, how does the rest of these teams deal in, in those matchups? So 49ers focused first. What is what is your thoughts on them as the Super Bowl representative for the the NFC here? My immediate thought is that a lot of the models are overconfident in the 49ers. You think back to the stretch early in the season when they struggled. You think back to the apocalyptic performance of Brock Purdy against the Baltimore Ravens very recently. And this is a team that when confronted with other elite teams can run into trouble, which I mean, again, that there's nothing <laughs> like controversial or especially insightful about that statement and i do think that if they get a first round upset from other squads then this potentially could become more difficult for them the path through the eagles or certainly the buccaneers right now doesn't look particularly tough in that first round game so if you have a buy and then you have a second game that is almost a mini buy now again those games are losable we saw all kinds of games this weekend that didn't really go how they were projected right there's going to be a lot of randomness in nfl games the overconfidence that people were showing in purdy a couple of weeks ago was wiped out by the game against the ravens the buccaneers do have some strengths on defense that can give the 49ers some trouble but I think that if you get a win by the Rams against the Lions, and as a result, then the Lions, unless your Packers also win, the Rams then would go to the 49ers. I think that makes it a more difficult draw because now you're going to have to beat both the Rams and in all likelihood, either the Cowboys or the Lions. Now, the funny thing about the Cowboys and the Lions is that part of the reason that you're going to like the 49ers to make it through is that they are guaranteed to not play the Cowboys or the Lions in this second round. And then you get into the conference championship game and the weaknesses that the Cowboys and the Lions have are most likely to manifest in a game at the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl, right? You have this Cowboys team, which you don't want to lean too heavily into the narratives, but certainly the way this season has developed, this has been a front running team that hammers bad opponents hammers teams at home and really struggles with good opponents. So the idea that the 49ers will be heavy favorites at home against the Cowboys, I think that's fairly straightforward. You have the Lions, which I think are a better team overall than the Cowboys. And yet Jared Goff outdoors later in the season. Now you might not have to worry about whether to quite the same extent in San Francisco as you might, you know, in the Northeast, some of these other places, so much of the country is going to have weather this weekend. So that's something people will want to keep in mind as they're looking at a variety of playoff formats for the wild card round. But you wouldn't expect to get the same performance from Jerry Goff in that environment as he's been able to give when Detroit plays at home. And I think that those are meaningful distinctions. Those are reasons why you would expect the 49ers to make it through. But this is not going to just be a procession, right? 
the 49ers are going to have to really go out there and play, especially if the draw falls in the most difficult path for them. So from that perspective, I think all of these guys are in play. Column George Kittle becomes interesting if you are a huge Rams fan and think that the Rams rising is similar to the Bills rising, say, on the AFC side. If you have the Rams and the 49ers relatively close, then simply the benefit of having a roster that is willing to take the underdog is going to be very beneficial to you in terms of creating some differences. Now, we would expect the Rams to have some popularity as a result of that, right? And yet, if you have the guts to say this Rams team is going to go back and do some of the things that previous Sean McVay teams have done in the playoffs, they're going to make the Super Bowl, maybe they're going to win the Super Bowl. If you're willing to go to a Matthew Stafford, then George Kittle off of that would be a very straightforward play because, again, in a situation where the 49ers immediately lose, the lesser player is the one that you are more interested in going for. And George Kittle, I mean, he could easily put up a 30-point game in tight end premium in a one-off type of situation. So those would be some of the dynamics I would be considering. I think that your general point on Christian McCaffrey is accurate. If that's the case, then, and we slide down to the Dallas Cowboys at the number two slot, and they're going to face off with your Packers in the first round. ESPN, for example, has this game as a 75-25 in their matchup predictor obviously they're using their fpi metrics come how do you see this game developing do you like where the packers are here we mentioned how well they've played on offense jordan love goes from midseason being a potential like will levis sam howell type of maybe he only gets this little stretch type of candidate to now looking like the next of this just crazy stretch of foundation quarterbacks for the Packers where, I mean, if he had played like that for the full season, we'd be talking MVP, right? I mean, he's playing that well right now. How do you like the chances of the Packers in this wildcard game? Yeah, I think obviously when we look back in hindsight, things can look different, but maybe at the time, Sean, it, it felt like that. It kind of always felt like there was going to be quite a bit of a rope for love with the Packers. But the one thing I will say, you mentioned MVP level and, you know, let's not get ahead off ourselves but since kind of mid-november that is the level that he's playing at and over the last kind of five or so games he's just basically unflappable at this point in time they obviously lost to the buccaneers which was a, a bad loss but we talked after that about how hysterically you know normally we talk about historically hysterically bad the packers defense wasn't that but the packers defense since that point has also improved um you mentioned cd lamb and i would expect lamb to you know probably have a big day but uh, jair alexander who was suspended recently by the team for one game is back and one off he's definitely paid like one off but he hasn't been one off this season he's had a lot of injuries over the last two seasons but there is a chance that he will cover him for large portions of that game i, I think the packers could cause some issues here and you mentioned kind of the the kind of 25 75 split i think that's that's fair if this game's played five times like the packers when one whereas you know i think there's three of those going the other way that that match doesn't add up sean for the five i meant for but I, I think the packers have a realistic chance here of of getting the win when we come to what the packers are now versus what they were at mid-season i think it's a very different side they were they were two and five at one point this season um so i think they're pretty live when we look at who could win this week particularly in that game 
and i kind of feel like all the underdogs are pretty live in the nfc side but it's the san francisco part that i mentioned earlier that that's the part that i i can see it going in a multitude of different directions but i still feel that they are the one that advances beyond that so i i feel like the cowboys are going to win but i also think that there's the packers are, are quite live with an opportunity we've seen sometimes when things haven't gone the way for the cowboys that they would have hoped in their game plan that things have fallen apart there's a lot of obviously historical you know influence in this game with mike mccarthy facing off against um the green bay packers the packers have had a, a really good record in dallas as well um since they opened that new stadium so i'm excited for it and I, I do think there's a chance that they they could upset the the cowboys in this one from teams that i would be looking to avoid th- these don't fit into that category for me when we're looking at teams to just leave off the docket for those two particular teams but there is a lot of players and the Packers side of it here is where it becomes quite hard to play and if i was looking at probably the, the two most likely plays from the Packers side it would be Aaron jones and it would be uh reed and i i think that that's where the difficulty comes in as to how you fit those guys in your lineups other over other players so while i'm trying to squeeze them in i can understand if people think that the either the packers won't win or that they are not reliable enough fantasy options to put into the team then on the other side it's obviously dak prescott cd lamb um i, I think ferguson's probably an option but might be taking a, a stretch too far and then obviously if you if you need to fit in the running back you've got prescott but sean if it's a case that the packers are potentially live and the dallas kicker could come in as an option but that's more me you know looking ahead with a rose tinted glasses as to what might happen with the packers do you think that the path for those players to have success is a bit too thin that's one of the the things we're seeing the packers at the moment offensively are doing very good things but the problem is is that it's been and this was one of the problems with Aaron Rodgers was it was so focused on Devontae Adams that there wasn't a lot of other pieces around it but now there's so many players getting targets and receptions during games that the volume is probably not there for them to have even multiple breakouts back to back if they did advance yeah if the Packers advance then you start to run into some really interesting difficulties in terms of how you want that team to be set if they lose in a shootout which seems like far and away the most most likely likely. occurrence then they're very very interesting because you have so many different ways that you can play it and if they lose in a shootout then you're probably going to need to have or there are a lot of scenarios i should say well you would need to have the packers player who goes off and you look at even just week 18 where Jaden reed catches all four of his passes for 112 yards has a 59 yard reception you have bo melton looking good again you have dontavian wicks catching six of his seven and scoring two touchdowns obviously that dontavian wicks game if you play him in the contest and he does something like that then he's got a strong likelihood of being part of the winning roster you have both of their tight ends playing in week 18 you know that they're trying to get christian watson healthy and ready to be a part of it in the wild card round and if that comes to fruition then even a defense thunder. trying to take away reed or reed being limited by his injuries you could ha- easily have christian watson being the guy who has a 150 yard two touchdown game the packers are so much fun to play because they do give you those options if you're playing a lot of different teams then mixing who you select 
from the Packers is going to be a very popular way to play that. Colm, as you mentioned, it does look like C.D. Lamb is the way to play the Cowboys unless you think that Dallas is going to win, and then you might go back to a Dak Prescott. You think about the different ways that he could end up with huge games incorporating Jake Ferguson. You get some of these deep ball scores to a Brandon Cooks, obviously Jalen Tolbert, Michael Gallup. Some additional players could draw a target score along touchdown. Teams are going to have a ton of incentive to take away CeeDee Lamb. That's easier said than done. But gambling off of that, again, is a way to differentiate a little bit there. I think that Lamb is kind of a fun one to go with and cover a lot of the different you know, high-scoring options here. If they have them in the NFC Championship game and he goes off as he's going, it makes more sense to get crazy in different spots but if you like your Packers upset then just like we said with George Kittle I think this is a great place to play Ferguson Ferguson having a 10 catch game for 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns or even something that falls short of that but is a big game and tight end premium that's not hard to imagine at all yeah and I, I really think your point there if, if they if a team is going out to target the the lesser rostered player will give you like you know if, if Lamb only plays one game well he's going to be on all these rosters the part that you'd be afraid of with lamb is if they advance all the way to the super bowl that you're missing out on all those points throughout the the contest itself i, I do feel if dallas go on a run if if cd lamb's not involved I, I don't think they're going on that run i don't think Dak prescott is you know as, as good as we've seen brandon cooks be at times and that we already mentioned ferguson tony pollard i, I feel like it has to be on cd lamb's shoulders that they make the, that deep advance if that's the case so he is incredibly intriguing. You mentioned the the Rams, Sean. You know, Kyron Williams has been phenomenal over the the course of the the season here for his drafters and season long formats. But you have him, you have Puka, you have obviously Cooper Cup, and then you have Matthew Stafford. Is there a particular direction that you're looking to follow that? And then obviously we think that Sam Laporta is going to miss some time, so he becomes pretty much you know not viable in this particular contest. I would imagine you may think different, but then you're into the running backs, Goff and um, Amon Ross St. Brown, and probably the running backs in St. Brown is the the way to attack the Lions from, from that side of things. Yeah, I think in this game, you're going to be tempted to go with the running back off of the team that you expect to advance because it's very easy for that squad to get two, three, even four touchdowns from the running back. Just a couple weeks ago, Kyron Williams gets in three times. We know that David Montgomery is going to get a lot of goal line touches. Jameer Gibbs has gotten more recently and can score from anywhere. And then you would complement that with a receiver trying to chase up the opposite side. You can kind of strike back against some of the more sophisticated drafters if you do simply look at this as a potential close game and take the running backs off of both sides that's going to be a little bit less popular and yet interesting with the way that these teams play even in i think especially in a shootout you could see a lot of goal line touchdowns scored here the lions are fun because they have the two different running backs that you can play jameer gibbs obviously the trendy exciting play i think that if you take those goal line scores from david montgomery again especially in a loss if you want to take both running backs in a loss and you're assuming that david montgomery actually does take the scoring for detroit that's been one of the issues that we face throughout the season when we're playing these teams that are sam laporta amon ross st brown 
and Goff, which was the main event that you and I had. When the running backs get involved and take the touchdowns, you lose that path for Goff to really blow up along with his guys. Now, with Laporta out, it's going to really force the targets to Amon Ra. So if you have the Lions winning and you like their chances against Dallas in the divisional round, then Amon Ra, you know, just like he is in redraft, just like he is in dynasty, becomes a very compelling player. And you can go in a different direction off some of the other guys. I do think it's it's viable to take the other route as well. And you look at Cooper Cup, you look at Puka, both of those guys could have individual gigantic games. We're not just talking about good games, but a 150-yard game with a couple of scores, a lot of touches. Both guys can score touchdowns. Both guys can break long plays. One of the things about Puka is that he has been used underneath at times, and he's not an elite athlete, but all you have to do, again, is look back to Week 17 where he has the breakout play. His ability to run after the catch physically, even though he doesn't have the long speed, has been something that has allowed him to do so much of what he's done this year. So, the Rams especially are such an interesting team. The fact that there are multiple ways to play it is one of the reasons that this FFPC playoff contest is so fun. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, and even just talking through there, and if you try and do the, you know, we like to do these Sean on Excel spreadsheets, old school style. Well, not old school, but, you know, <laughs> there's definitely ways to, to do it currently. But when we start to move around, you can see how quickly changing one player in each team can really start to shift what the lineup looks like. And we haven't even talked about the AFC side yet. That's going to be on our next episode. But when we go through like those 12 players, things change up very, very quickly. So picking the stars is often the, the right way to go and then work through the, the differentiations then. So what I'm going to ask Sean here as we get ready to finish up, we haven't really talked about the Eagles and the Buccaneers, I guess, either. Um, but what I was going to do, and we can go into that conversation as well, is is there any teams here for you on the NFC side that are completely off the board? We've had in the, the previous years where teams were clearly avoids for us and we were bypassing them pretty quick. Are those teams for you on the NFC? You mentioned that there's a lot of interesting teams that could shake things up. Does that mean that there's less likely to be clear voids on the side of it to to not add those players to your draft i think so because with the specific profile that the eagles bring it does pull the buccaneers players back into the equation where the eagles defense has been so bad that if you get a big game from mike evans that's not going to surprise you at all if you get one of these performances from rashad white that we got for the vast majority of the season that's not going to surprise you if you have one of the more unique but one-off games from a Chris Godwin, that is also a possibility. And Godwin, when you're taking a player who is that caliber and is likely to be very low rostered, that could be the differentiation that you need. Especially if you like this to be a shootout that the Eagles win, Godwin becomes pretty interesting there. 
The Eagles, before getting absolutely hammered by the Giants, I think would have been a very interesting full fade because you would expect them to be trendy with the fun players that they have, even as they've struggled. Obviously, Jalen Hurts, a huge fantasy weapon. Then you have the different receivers. Right now, one of the things that managers will have to do is track the health of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith this week. But now that the Eagles have another terrible loss onto their resume and they have another game in which Jalen Hurts has looked completely and totally incapable of getting the ball to the receivers, I think that becomes enough more popular that maybe you look in the other direction and think, you know, what if the Eagles are able to get a little healthier for this game, they get through the Buccaneers, they solve some of these problems through the first 11 games of the season. I mean, the Eagles still looked like the team that they were last year when they almost won the Super Bowl, if not a little better in some ways, if not the team that was likely to win the whole thing. And if we want to take a little bit of a contrarian viewpoint of that, especially when you have what you might consider an easy game. Now, it's still a playoff team. It's still a game that you're going to have to play well to win. But especially given the first round opponent, and then especially given the possibility that the Rams or Packers win, which would push the Eagles then to a non-49ers game in the second round, that part of it then would give them a little bit of a ramp to potentially get going again, right? A team as talented as the Eagles, you think to the Bills, and some of the, the problems that the Eagles and Bills have had at different times in the season are unique in that they it's not just simply a matter of a very potent team going cold or having some bad luck. The problems are unique to the individual rosters, and there are reasons to believe that the Bills were going to bounce back in ways that maybe we don't have that same confidence in the Eagles. But you're talking about a roster that has done it before and has done it this season. That part, I think, becomes interesting. And the NFC side is just so fascinating because all of the teams, with the possible exception of the Buccaneers, are interesting for multiple rounds. And so that part of it, I like. I mean, even go back to the game yesterday, and if Baker Mayfield gets the ball out to Mike Evans a split second earlier on what could have been, you know, more or less a 75 yard touchdown, then the Bucs feel like they're going into the playoffs with a little more momentum than they do with a three field goal win over the Panthers. So I love this side of it. There are so many different things you can do. Again, work through what your scenario is when you're building your roster. Make sure that the players that you have selected fit that scenario. But there are, again, so many cool things you can do on this side. The final thing, Sean, let's pick a, an NFC winner. I mentioned it already. I don't think it's going to be a surprise. I think it's the the 49ers who's going to the super bowl here from the nfc side to finish up i'm gonna go with the los angeles rams i would have gone with the detroit lions before the laporta injury that one's a real a real dagger for me yeah Colin, he's one of our favorite players but the good news is it does appear that he's avoided a serious injury my understanding as we record on monday morning is that there is not a lot of optimism that he will play against la yeah so there's the downside of the playoffs but there's the upside that it may not be you know 
into next season sort of injury which was the initial fear so yeah that one was a, a blow watching the games on on sunday afternoon sean uh had to walk away for a while and, and decompress from that one but sean the fight i said that was a final question final question are you a bigger matthew stafford fan or an la rams fan is it matthew stafford or la rams that you know who, who are you who's your true team here you you say you're a chief supporter i think it's matthew stafford I do love Stafford. It was great to see him get the attention he deserved, the plaudits that he deserved when they win the Super Bowl. I love the gunslinger element that he brings, but I think he's also underrated in many of the other quarterback attributes. What the Rams have done this season, building around him, where you have Cooper Cup, who has been injured, hasn't been the same dynamic force he obviously was a couple of years ago. But you have that component. You have Puka Nakua, who really is, if not the best story in 2023, one of the top five. He's added a secondary element. And then you have Kyron Williams and the breakout there and the overall scheme for the Rams. Obviously, the 49ers are the very clear favorites to make it from the NFC. I do think that if there is a team that mirrors them very closely and brings a lot of those same things to the table and can create not exactly a toss-up, obviously, playing that game, in san francisco but if there's a team that's hot enough and talented enough and has the experience from the coaching staff perspective the quarterback perspective to challenge and win again this isn't controversial it would be the los angeles rams so that is going to do it for our nfc preview here we will have more thoughts as the week goes on here on road of his overtime make sure you are subscribed to the podcast feed to get those shows as once they are available we had some more kind reviews left on different podcast apps over the last week we appreciate each and every one of you who took time to do that if you haven't done already we would really appreciate if you could drop a written and review i did ask sean on the last show of last week for people who had topic ideas or even guests that they would like to see come on and talk to us about some of the pre-draft stuff or looking ahead to next season so if you have any of those you want to share send them my way at rotavizradio at gmail.com or on twitter at overtime ireland the new code is set up for rotaviz subs over on rotaviz.com you can use the code rv radio 2024 to get yourself a 10 percent discount off a rotaviz nfl pass to set you up for the entirety of 2024 that is going to do it for this edition we'll be back with the afc show my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtimarden. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.